If you're a parent listening to this, I can guarantee you one thing that I know about you already. You are tired. Of course you are. You're a parent. Every parent in this world is tired. And that's because sometimes their children struggle to sleep. Well, sort it out. Use Moshi, the sleep and mindfulness app for children. I have used Moshi for a while now. And I'm telling you, it works. It helps your children relax. It is fantastic. You can check out the Moshi YouTube channel for free content. So what are you waiting for? Help your children sleep today with the Moshi Sleep and Mindfulness app for kids. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Hello and welcome to another special edition of Two Mr. P's in a podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. And we are back for one of our chinwag sessions and we are delighted, no, over the moon, to be joined by a musician behind such hits as... Love is on the radio, heart never lies, shine a light, obviously, all about you, star girl, that girl. <laughs> right, I'll start you there because we've only got a short amount of time. I can, I can and- keep going. best-selling children's author it's the one and only mr tom fletcher how are you doing tom i'm doing very well i'm feeling very festive and christmasy all of a sudden i know i know just for i mean we will be releasing this uh, later on in the year but we are currently recording it in august so it does feel a bit weird to see a christmas tree in the background there but both myself and adam (laughs) we're, we're big fans of christmas we do love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, well, I do put the Christmas tree up early, but not, not quite this early. <laughs> <laughs> this is stretching yeah. it a bit. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's really funny. I think you're the first guest we've ever had that has really shown the sort of generational divide between me and my children. So when I sort of said to them, oh, we're going to be interviewing Tom Fletcher. My wife was like, yeah, from McFly. But my children were like, the author of the Christmasaurus, because they absolutely <laughs> adore Absolutely adore your book. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining us. Now, we start, we always start the interviews by just asking how the whole past year, year and a half has been for you. Um, I know you've, you've got children who are primary school age. Is that right? Yeah. So I've got three, three kids, three boys who are seven, five and almost three. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was a tough year, scary year, obviously. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I think luckily my kids were at an age where it was as fun as we made it for them. So yeah, we tried, yeah. you know, as, as stressful as homeschooling them was, <laughs> uh, we had some really fun family times as well. And, you know, just tried to 
get through it as best we could like everyone else you know and i yeah. think being an author through that was, was my wife is an author as well so trying yeah. to write books with three kids at home that was a, that was a difficult kind of juggling act yeah um, well, was, but no was, you know it was, i was going to ask how did the homeschooling go and whether it was a case of after a few days that's when the text went into the uh mcfly whatsapp group to say i think it's time we work on that next album yeah yeah when are we back in the studio guys um do you know i think got really lucky so my eldest buzz he was the he was the only one he had like the most intense you know intensive homeschooling yeah you know the other two it was um you know a lot of stuff that we could do out and about in the garden and things and more activity based so uh, i think you know we got off lightly i think a lot of parents who have older kids you had it a lot worse than we did and luckily you know buzz as well he was he's a like he's a really good reader and you know he's he's a smart kid and and, uh, made it relatively easy for us most of the time i mean it's funny you say like uh you know when you get your three kids at home and then being an author and it was tough getting your work done having children at home it's tough to do anything isn't it like i mean you can't go to the toilet in peace you can't open a bag of crisps without having half of them taken then stamped on and (laughs) yeah i don't know whether it's coming across that i had a tough lockdown but (laughs) (laughs) yeah look don't get me wrong it's not all been plain sailing. Like, I don't want to paint this picture that we had, like, this magical lockdown <laughs> and it was so easy. And, like, it, you know, it was as tough as you imagine having three kids at home all the time, yeah. age seven, five, and two. Yeah, it was, you know, it was really difficult and stressful. And, yeah, and also, I think what was really interesting is much of my youngest, who's nearly three now, is kind of all his knowns. He's just grown up over the last, you know, 18 months expecting yeah. us to be there all the time. Yeah, and yeah. you know, not having that social interaction with other kids his age, and just having his two older brothers uh, around him all the time, twenty four seven. So that's been, you know, as we started to come out of those lockdowns and go back to school and nursery, yeah, and us yeah. go back to work, and that was, um, it was really interesting seeing that. Well, that's not that's not normal for him. You know, the yeah. normality of him that home thing. So that actually adjusting back to that kind of normal way of life was was uh it's still you know quite challenging okay yeah it is yeah just getting out of the house three <laughs> kids wrapped around my legs as i'm trying to leave the house every day at the moment absolutely and yeah during all of that you've managed to write your next book which is the next in the christmasaurus series which will be coming out in october it's the christmasaurus and the naughty list so this is book three in the series yeah. is that right yeah, so it just became a kind of unintentional trilogy. I don't quite know yeah. how that happened. I never, I never really intended it to happen that way. But it, it, I think what's really fun when you're uh, writing the first book was you've done this, you've done all this like hard work in creating this world and these characters. And it's quite hard just drawing a line behind that and moving yeah. on to other stories. Because you always, especially, you know, Christmas is unique because it comes around once a year. So you always think, well what happens this Christmas to all of those characters that you created in the first book. And so that was kind of the way the second book came along. And then I think it was just the title of the, I, I just thought of this title of the Christmas horse and the naughty list. And it, it just felt like a really fun title. Like, and yeah. I always wanted to, in the first two books, it primarily focuses on the, the Christmas horse, who is this, you know, festive dinosaur who grew up in the North pole, his relationship with one kid, William Trundle. And I always thought it'd be fun to see, well, you know, the Christmas horse ends up pulling Santa's sleigh around with the reindeer. So he visits all the other houses at Christmas. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun to see if he interacted with other children? So that, yeah, that was the kind of the inspiration behind the book. Yeah. Uh, already. And where, where, like, when do you write the book? Do you, do you, do you write it around Christmas or is, do, you, do you wait for it to be festive? Do you have to feel that festive spirit or is it just sort of like um, March well, time? 
my publisher would probably like it if I wrote it around Christmas because then we'd be like almost a year ahead of <laughs> the publication. <laughs> but this one was really late. I didn't start writing this one until kind of February, I think. So I was, right, okay. I was, yeah, I was definitely up against some tight deadlines with this one. Yeah. I, I normally do. I normally write it just before Christmas. So I normally start around kind of um, October, November. Um, yeah. And then so I'm working on the edit around Christmas time. Yeah. Oh, good. And, I do have uh, to have like a safety uh, um, stash of mince pies in the cupboard for a bit of festive inspiration, <laughs> you know, halfway yeah. through the summer. Keep you motivated. Um, yeah. Well, I think Adam would definitely be on the naughty list. But what about oh, you, really? Tom? What's something you've done that you reckon you'd end up on the naughty list for? Uh, or would it be better to ask your other half? Yeah, I think you're probably asking the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of a goody two shoes. I'm quite, I, I think I'm. I'm probably on the nice list. I like to do yeah. some anyway. Yeah. yeah. I just oh, keep, God. keep my, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I just don't get caught. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what, what I that's was what, like. That's what he says all the time. It's only because I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And when I say that, it's kind of like I have idiot written on my forehead. Um, <laughs> but it's just one of those things. I mean, when we were at school, I mean, I'm a massive Christmas fan. And what I, it must be such an amazing feeling for you because obviously working in a school that your book is everywhere, like as in all the children have one of your books, which I always think must be such an amazing thing to know. That oh, yeah, book, it's incredible. It's such it's yeah. such a yeah, it's such an honor. And I always wanted to like Chris. I am a massive Christmas fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I always I always wanted to make something that continued that kind of the legacy of Christmas, you know, because yeah. what is amazing about Christmas are the traditions and the things that the movies we watch every year, the books we read every year, the, but every now and then there's what, a new thing added to that mm. list. You know, there's another movie that is added to the kind of Christmas staple. Like Elf, I think is a good example of like yeah. kind of modern classic that came about not in my childhood. It's, you know, it's since being an adult and that is a Christmas staple now. And I always Absolutely. wanted to create something that could be added to the list of those traditions and yeah, make yeah. Christmas magical for kind of new generations oh mate so, yeah, yeah so, so seeing kids yeah read it year after year and and teachers yet yeah, read it to their classes is, a, is incredible I, it teaches do such a, an amazing job it blows me away to see how much passion and energy teachers put into delivering stories to kids and making it magical yeah. um, and bringing those in my life because you know it's not i all i do is write the words it takes the reader whether that be a teacher or a kid reading themselves they're the ones that actually bring those words to life so yeah. you know someone could completely ruin all of my hard work <laughs> <laughs> no teachers they do a fantastic job in uh, yeah engaging those children in in reading and like you've made a successful transition from the music to to the children's author and the first book you released was the dinosaur that pooped a planet is that right uh, it was actually the dinosaur that pooped Christmas was the first one. So another dinosaur. There's a, there's a running theme in my books, Christmas and well, dinosaurs. Well, that's what I was going to uh, ask. Yeah, it was actually so... a dinosaur that pooped Christmas. That was the first yeah. one um, that I wrote with my bandmate, Dougie. And yeah, that's yeah. even, that was even a closer kind of comparison to music because it's written in nonsense rhyme. Yeah. And yeah. so it's very similar to writing lyrics to songs. Um, and yeah. And, and dinosaurs was something we were both passionate about and grew up loving. Yeah. And Christmas was obviously my my kind of strange obsession. <laughs> um, just, and how do you find... Sorry, God. I have, vision, sorry, I have visions of you just like watching Jurassic Park in a Santa hat. It just <laughs> it feel like that's like the, the inspiration. <laughs> that's, that's what I call research. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you find it, you know, compared to writing songs to, to books, do you find it quite similar? Is it very different? What's the sort of process or difference between the two? 
I would say, yeah, it's quite similar. The, the feeling, the kind of satisfaction is very similar, but it's writing the novels in particular, it's a much longer yeah. process. And so you have to be your motivation. I mean, songwriting is relatively easy. It, you can write a song on a good day. You can write a song in 15 minutes. It might not be a good song, but you can write yeah. a song in 15 minutes. But that's your creative process start to finish done. Whereas a, a novel takes, you know, months, really. Yeah. So you have to be really sure that what you're writing is something you care about and that it's the book that you want to write. So that, yes, yeah, it's, it's more challenging in that sense. Um, but you don't have bandmates to deal with. So that's nice. <laughs> that where, do you find, where do you find sort of the inspiration for the characters? Are they based on people you know or? Some, yeah, sometimes people I know will, will have certain you know, character traits or, you know, will just be a brilliant kind of personality you think deserves to be, uh, you know, uh, have a legacy in a book. But yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm not sure where it comes from. I think often to serve the story, you know, because I think most of the time I will come up with my main protagonist and that will be, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and thought about what their story arc is going to be, what journey they have to go on and yeah. what they have, want to achieve. And the other characters that you create are there really to serve that character's journey and that character's goal. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know where it comes from. I, I wish I knew. I wish there was some sort of magic formula that I followed to, to come up with them. But, yeah, it's different. No. Uh, each book's really different. It's been a completely yeah. different experience as well, much like songwriting, actually. I don't have a set formula for, for songwriting. Yeah, It's just, I just wait for it to pop in my head. You just get some uh, some mash and just write some bangers because that's uh, <laughs> you've got a list of absolute. Honestly, I'm not just saying this. I am a little bit starstruck because we were we were we were we were big McFly fans, weren't we, Lee? And mm -hmm. we got another brother as well. Who I'm not joking. Every Christmas and Christmas theme again. Every Christmas we go on this like all day drinking session on like Boxing Day, and the first song when we, we rent this room normally, obviously it's, it's not up in the last two years, but we rent this room and the first song my brother puts on is that girl. He's, he, he, just, <laughs> he listens to it every day so, for so long. And we're uh, talking, he's, he's a six foot four, big rugby player, <laughs> but cannot get That's our, of it. our target demographic. <laughs> exactly. <That's> it, yeah. <laughs> so just before we do move on, keeping with the Christmas theme then, what are your top three Christmas movies? Oh, that's tough. I think Elf is on it now. Yeah. Um, Home Alone, for sure, Home yeah, Alone. Absolutely. I mean, I could watch that year round. That's an amazing film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's such a perfect film. I don't know if you've seen, there's a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, and there's yeah, a Home yeah, Alone yeah. one. And yeah, the way yeah. that film came about, like, I love it. Yeah. And obviously, I'm a huge John Williams fan who wrote the soundtrack to that. He wrote, like, yeah. Star Wars and Jurassic Park soundtrack. And, <laughs> uh, so that has everything for me. That's probably my ultimate. Um, and then I also love, what else is great? Um, I love the old Santa Claus, the movie, like the, yeah, yeah. the old, old one. Yeah. I, I like the, the Tim Allen more, one yeah. as well. I, to be honest, I like all Christmas movies. After Christmas yeah. is amazing. It's a great one. That's a good yeah. one as well. I, I shed a tear at most Christmas movies. I get a bit emotional. <laughs> Do you know which one I love, which I think is very underrated? Scrooged by Bill Mur with Bill Murray. That's an amazing, I mean, Bill Murray, come yeah. on. What a hero. 
That's up Scrooge there, is incredible. That's such yeah. a great film. I wouldn't, I wouldn't forgive myself <clears throat> if I didn't throw Jingle All the Way. <laughs> yeah, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, if you see Arnold Schwarzenegger punch a reindeer, I mean, it's Christmas. Come on, it's as simple as that. <laughs> What's not to love about that? I love the bit when he's running down the street, going Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, I only know the name of all the reindeers because I can hear Arnold Schwarzenegger singing it, saying it in my head. Yeah, that's the only that's so way I can remember that. the, the reindeer. So yeah. is racism? I'm sure it's a question you've probably been asked as a teacher or even a parent, and even though the answer seems straightforward and simple enough, it can be difficult to articulate it in the best way for our students. I know I've had discussions with colleagues about wanting to discuss this important issue, but sometimes finding it hard, especially as I'm someone who has never been the subject to any type of discrimination because of the colour of my skin. But this brand new book, What is Racism? by Katie Danes and Jordan Akpajaro is a thoughtful anti-racism book for young children. What is Racism? gently explains what racism is, how it happens, why it is never acceptable and what each and every one of us can do to eradicate it. What is Racism? is published by Usborne in association with anti-racism educational charity Show Racism the Red Card. What is Racism is the perfect classroom read for children aged 4+. plus. So grab your copy today. What, what do you think? Do you think there's any prospect of the Christmasaurus becoming a Hollywood film? It's a stage show, isn't we've it? Been, yeah, we've been actually developing it for the, like since the first book came out. Actually, I started right. developing the movie before it was published. So wow. um, with the director of The Greatest Showman, Michael Gracie. Oh, amazing. Um, so when I wrote the book, I wrote loads of songs at the same time so I wrote like 10 songs as I was writing the the um the story so when I got to the end I kind of had a musical essentially yeah, so yeah. the story and these songs and I'd, I'd been working with Michael on on another movie that still hasn't been made yet but we've worked <laughs> on this other movie and I showed it to him because when you write books it's good to have people that you trust creatively yeah, yeah. that you can yeah. send it to first to kind of say if it's terrible or not um and he was just like look I love this let's make it let's start developing the movie now but yeah. before it's published, let's start now. And you can then start seeding some of those ideas from the movie into the book. So we know, you know, what we're doing. So, yeah, it's just it's going to be an animated feature length movie musical. But they just take forever to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can imagine. Yeah, in, in the process of developing it. But fingers crossed, you know, in. Get there. And that we'll be talking about that in a few years. We'll be saying that's the staple Christmas. That's film. the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame it's animated because I reckon Adam would make a decent Christmasaurus. I've got yeah. it in my locker. I've got. I've hundred percent got it in my locker. Look at my little T Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, on our podcast, we talk a lot about what goes on in schools and stories from school. So, you know, what what were you like when you were at school? What would your teachers say about you? 
Um, oh, oh, well, I was a bit of a teacher's pet. I was probably yeah. quite an annoying kid. Looking back, I think I really annoyed everyone. Um, I went to theatre school, so I went to Sylvia Young Theatre School. So we did, which was kind of the way I can describe that is kind of like Hogwarts for kids who want to sing and dance. Right. Okay. So it was like this magical school, really small school in this church in central London. And, you know, you go there and you learn how to perform and act and sing. And, it and what, just, what age was that from? I started when I was nine and I left at 16. Right, you have to okay. leave at 16. So there's no yeah. sixth form. Um, and also when you're there, you are on this child agency. So you go and do professional. So I was working in the West End and working on TV shows and stuff. And it gave me a real kind of understanding. I mean, it's a very unique kind of school experience. Yeah. Um, and I got to this understanding of the entertainment industry, I think, from an yeah, early yeah. age. Um, so, yeah. But when I left there, funnily enough, I, I kind of felt like I'd, I'd kind of done all of that. I wanted to just... Right. Get, when I left at 16, I felt like I just wanted to be a kid for a while. And I went to yeah. just my local college and hated it. I had a terrible time and hated it. Yeah. But thankfully auditioned for this band called Busted in like <laughs> the first month of being at that school. And then got in Busted for about 24 hours and then got kicked out and started McFly. Wow. So yeah, that's how that kind of started. Yeah, but I loved, I had the best time at school. I loved school. It was an amazing experience. Had incredible teachers. Um, so I was very lucky, yeah. And what was your, what was your, I mean, I don't know whether it'd be English or music. What was your favorite subject? Um, I, I had an incredible English teacher called Mr. McIntyre, who was like, I had a couple of, and I had an amazing music teacher, actually. So it was both of them. It's probably why I end up doing what I do. But yeah. um, so Ray Lamb was my singing and music teacher. And Mr. McIntyre was my English teacher. And they had very similar methods of teaching in that, like, they were the type, like, Mr. Mac was the type of teacher who would be leaping on the tables yeah. and, you know, giving you weird, like, life advice. Like, I always remember him saying, one of the last things he ever said to me in class was, look after your teeth, brush your teeth. <laughs> I was like, that's such a weird thing for an English teacher to be telling a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> like, that's the type of thing you teach, like, you learn when you're really little. Yeah. It just stayed with it. He was just, like, this amazing, like, wizard of a teacher. It wasn't It wasn't and after then, lunch, was it, when you had something? <laughs> probably, yeah. Like, probably just, <laughs> a bit of sausage idea. roll. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. Go brush your teeth, Tom. <laughs> uh, and then Ray was very similar. He was a music teacher, but he would teach us about, like, physics and science and all, all sorts of stuff that was totally unrelated to music yeah. but somehow always brought it back around to like music theory and stuff just incredible teachers and um that had a lasting impact on on me clearly yeah and what about the the, the subject you, you didn't like was there any subjects you absolutely hate oh just terrible at maths really? horrendous at maths yeah yeah i mean even to this day i can't i just can't do at maths no. it doesn't it just doesn't go in i'm yeah. just not that i don't think that way yeah <laughs> so yeah that was that was I'm just, not I'm just the teacher's fault that was just my brain's fault yeah, yeah. And so so when you say when you're gigging do you start instead of going like a one two three do you go something like a seven twenty three <laughs> well that's why musicians only count to four we can't count any higher than that no, that's it <laughs> yeah start the song now and what was that what was like your biggest I was going to say what was your biggest flex when you were at primary school so we talk about this on the podcast you know things you do when you were a kid at school that made you feel like you were above everyone else and I was going to suggest like in our school we have a music teacher who comes in uh takes the children out of class to do their music lessons which in itself is pretty special when you're getting to miss a lesson of fractions to to have a bit of a jam session it's it's yeah, great yeah. but then they would come around the classrooms and do a little performance for everyone as well um to really rub it in 
yeah. So is there anything that, when you were at school that you were sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that happened a lot at the school you went to. Well, actually, funnily enough, I don't think it did happen so much at the when I once I was at theatre school. It probably happened when I was younger because yeah. when I was at like when I was at normal school, when I wasn't at theatre school, yeah. I was the kid. Like, I was terrible at sport. I was like right. I was the anomaly because I was the kid who who played guitar and wanted to sing, and um, so I guess that was it. Would have been then when I was you know before you know I was younger than nine. Yeah, that would have been the thing. So I remember then doing like performances in in class and things. And, uh, and all the other kids hating me for it. But once you go to theatre school, you're like, well, that's not, that's what everyone does here. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that anymore. It's kind of taken away. It's yeah. probably more, because it was more the academically minded kids who had it because they were, they were smarter than all of us. Lot. So like my <laughs> wife, who I met at school, she yeah. was this like super smart at maths and she did her like maths GCSE two years early or so a year early she was one of them kids it was probably she probably had more of a flex because of that than the kids yeah, who did yeah. like performing i stuff. mean this is this is the kind of you know the sobering fact for me is we've got an interview here with tom fletcher who's, who's going, going around playing the guitar jamming in school in his primary school then his wife is there doing the gcc my biggest flex was when i went to a doctor's appointment and brought back a mcdonald's you know to school well, as I, yeah i mean but that come on <laughs> well, want that. that explains why I am who I am, <laughs> <laughs> and you are who you are. Hey, I would be jealous of that if I was yeah. in school with you. Um, and can you, you remember the kid who's singing? Yeah, can you remember anything from your school days that was like really random? Because we talk about this on the podcast, sort of the random things you find at school that you never see again in your whole life. Can you think of any? I mean, we talk about things like you know overhead projectors do you remember them in the singing assemblies um yeah well again we had a weird so like we had a weird school because it was in a church it was this weird you know really old like you know loads of nooks and crannies around the place but then they'd also fitted it with like dance sprung dance floors <laughs> so like the main kind of room in the in the school was also a dance studio Right. But the rooms where you did dance and ballet and singing also doubled up as a science room. So you'd have like a ballet bar on one wall with mirrors and on the other wall would be Bunsen burners and the gas taps and the test tubes of science. So the real, real mix yeah. in my school. Like, you don't want to like get confused what lesson you're going into. <laughs> sounds like such so, a dangerous disco that I just like yeah, yeah. dancing one side and then lighting up <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was very it was a very very strange thinking back is a really strange experience but it's just kind of what you knew you know is all you knew just your oh, uh, your physics teacher in a tutu <laughs> <Get ready>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so what what would you say was your funniest school story so a story that you still tell now that always gives you a bit of a giggle Oh man, I'm trying to think of the ones that I can that I can say. <laughs> <You're allowed to laughs> share. Oh wow. Uh school stories now. <laughs> um oh, well, so one thing I so one thing I did, I um I th I think this is right. My in my memory, so we had like a scalpel in science, we were cutting open a pea seed, dissecting a pea seed in science. <laughs> and I I think I sneezed. I think that's how it happened. I sneezed and basically nearly chopped my finger off. I sliced <laughs> over my entire finger from like one side to the other. And just, I must have hit like a vein or something in my finger because I've never seen blood. Like, like there was blood on the ceiling. There was blood on the, on the dance floor, blood on the <laughs> dance floor, on the ballet floor. 
it was yeah it was a bit of a seed so i, I was quite accent prone at school i had a few little accents yeah. like that um was so, that yeah, your, so, was that yeah. your your guitar hump is that your <laughs> it was yeah it was actually this yeah. finger yeah i mean no loss in injury about- so Talk about a heroic tale. You're there in a bandage. Oh my God, what did you do to your hand? It was a bad sneeze. <laughs> bad sneeze. <laughs> Trying to dissect a pea seed. Don't know why we're even doing that. Yeah. Oh. But I do know. Maybe I've, if you were trying some... to do the cha cha while you're on the dance floor while doing <laughs> yeah. the investigation. You got confused what lesson I was in. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. ballet, Tom. It's not science. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, and yeah, we're, we're nearly out of time here. So we'll, we'll go to the, to the last question. We asked this all our guests. If you had a time machine and you could travel back to meet your 10-year-old self, what advice would you give them? Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> I would, I mean, it's so hard because I feel like I've been, I've been so lucky. Like my, I have a job that I love amazing family I, I don't think i'd change anything so you know life you have difficult times and ups and downs and there's definitely been stuff i could go back and think i could deal with better yeah. and i feel like also you know we're in an age where we with social media where you kind of there's always this perception of perfection yeah, yeah. that you project to the world no matter how much you try and say i'm you know you know you like we were talking about earlier with the lockdown mm. you know i had a relatively easy lockdown. it was difficult but you also it seems like it was all perfect. Anyway, so I, I feel like I'm a, I have flaws and I've had ups and downs, but I probably wouldn't change anything. So I'd be hesitant to give myself any advice. I feel like because what you go through, it makes you who you are and yeah. defines you and you learn from those mistakes that you make. So it's just all part yeah. of the journey. Look after your teeth, though. I'd say that because then, yeah. you know. <laughs> or take a, hay, take a hay fever tablet before your science lesson. Just yeah, there you go. Get in front of the <laughs> That's exactly what I do. Uh, brilliant. Well, thank you so, so much, Tom. We really do appreciate your time. We know how busy no, it's you a are. Pleasure. I am sure the new book will be just a massive hit like like the others. And we'll also say as well, um, best of luck with, with Strictly. You, thank you very much. Yeah. Taking the plunge. Um, no. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> get your scalpel terrified. out on the dance floor <laughs> in the middle of the, yeah. get the Bunsen oh, yeah. burner out. Learn from that mistake. Yeah, no scalpels at Strictly. Yeah, so uh, best of luck with no, thank that. Thank you very and, much. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Um, we, uh, we've we actually got a book coming out uh, next week, I think. Um, oh, amazing. And What's we it have, called? It's called Put a Wet Paper Towel on It, The Weird and Wonderful World of Primary Schools. So we Amazing. Have, yeah, we've arranged um, for our publishers to send you and your other half a copy. Little, oh, fantastic! Uh, little gift for for doing the interview today. So we'd love. Oh, to I think well, all the best with the book. Yeah, I hope it goes, uh, hope it goes well. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh to let us know what you think. Um, but yeah, thank you so so much. We really really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, we can actually say have a wonderful Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, have a Merry Christmas. It's never too early to say that. Have a Merry no, Christmas, no. everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers, happy. mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers guys. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Will do. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care.